Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hello, hello. Today's topic is up all about having hard conversations. This is episode 129. I am excited to talk about this, even though I actually really despise hard conversations. I do not like them. <laughs> they are not any fun. That's why they're called hard. Um, before we dive in, can you please take a moment, go leave a review. Remember, if you leave a review, take a screenshot of it and send it to me at hello at meganhillica.com. You will be entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Every 50 reviews I get, I will do a, do a drawing for that. So go leave a review. Let me know what you think of the podcast, especially if you've been a listener um, every week for a while. This truly is a way to help this podcast and really help other moms find the podcast. So thank you. If you've already left a review, thank you from the bottom of my heart, truly. So let's dive into today's topic. One thing that I've learned from grief is having hard conversations is how important they are and how to have them. So I would say my whole life, I ran from having tough conversations. I would rather sweep something under the rug or pretend everything is okay when really it's not. If I ignore it long enough, it might become okay, right? Well, when Aria died, Tough conversations were everywhere, especially with my husband, Justin. There was just no way we could strive to have an amazing relationship and marriage and go through this incredibly difficult experience and not have hard conversations. As an Enneagram type 7, this is like one of my worst things ever in my entire life is having these hard conversations. But here are a few things that I've learned about having hard conversations and how to have hard conversations. And as I was doing this, I'm just chuckling because all of these are incredibly difficult for me to do, especially with Justin. And it's so interesting how hard they are to do. And yet we would not be in our relationship where we are at without it, without doing these types of things. And what I want to encourage you, even though they are hard, even though these things are not easy, it requires being vulnerable and being open to being wrong. Um, it's truly the only way to having a deeper relationship and a connected relationship is by having hard conversations, being open to having those deep conversations, because that's how you deepen a relationship is you have to be able to work through the things that you don't agree on, that you don't understand about each other. Um, and these tips can be for 
any hard conversations, not just with your spouse. I just always share through the lens of with my spouse because that's who I have the most hard conversations with, but they really can be for any relationship. So these aren't in any particular order and I do think there's more, you know, ways or ideas of options of whatever things to support you and help you. But these are just some things I thought of and I'm no particular order. I'm just going to just get started. So number one, say I'm sorry. <laughs> and I guess I'm starting off with the hard one because especially in grief with emotions fragile and on high alert, tensions and frustrations are likely to get high. So just apologizing saying I'm sorry for giving and opening the door to the conversation is a helpful way to do it. I am horrible at this. I'm just going to say I have such a hard time saying sorry, but this helps you lead with taking responsibility for what is yours to take and acknowledging how you are wrong. It takes away the blame and fight. It doesn't completely, but maybe enough to open the doors to dive deeper into having the hard conversation. So number two, know that you are on the same team, <laughs> especially if it's with your spouse. When you are in a relationship with someone, whether it's your spouse or friend or family member, you both want what's best for your relationship. You both want to feel connected and you want that relationship. Otherwise, it wouldn't be worth having these conversations. The best relationships are the ones that you can go deep with. So Especially with your spouse, you're on the same team. You're both trying to to work together. You're trying to get to the same place of feeling connected and loved and really, really knowing that you are going, trying to get there together instead of against each other is just a helpful thing to remember. This one can be a little bit more tricky, but... Processing your emotions and feeling them first before you have a hard conversation. This might not always be able to, you know, be a, you might not always be able to do this, but the reason you would do this is so you don't spew them all over in the conversation. So what do I mean by this? I still do this sometimes when I don't give myself a chance to process what's going on or I just get out on the out of control train of my emotions and start saying whatever is on my mind. But when I start saying whatever is on my mind from an emotional place, this never, ever, ever leads to connection and a safe space to have hard conversations. When I need to have a hard conversation, I have to sit with my feelings and process them. I have to work through them, know what I'm feeling, take ownership for what I'm feeling, let go of the need to put blame um, on someone else, to blame someone else. And once I get through that, then I have a more level-headed, open conversation about the hard things. But man... Maybe y'all are different than me, but I need to try to process my emotions in advance a bit. Otherwise, I will say horrific things I don't mean. Just because it feels so true in my body at the moment, and I believe it, and maybe I'm thinking it, and I'm just so mad and angry, and all these angry thoughts are coming, 
it doesn't mean it's true. And having hard conversations doesn't mean saying whatever emotion you are feeling at the moment as a fact and really just like throwing it at them. That's not having a hard conversation. Having a hard conversation is being calm, like talking kindly and nicely to each other about really hard things, about really deep things. Um, but you, sometimes you have to process the emotions beforehand because I'm very emotional, especially with my deeper relationships with Justin. Like Justin, I can be very um, <laughs> strong emotions that come up. And so I have to process them. Otherwise, like I'll give it a quick example. Justin was telling, we were having a disagreement and he was, kept asking me, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? And I wasn't saying anything. And he's like, why are you not saying anything? I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to say everything that I'm thinking. And he's like, why not? We should always be able to talk about everything that we're thinking. And I was like, okay, fine then. And so then I started telling him everything I was thinking. And he just sat there and he's like, wow, I didn't know you could be so mean. <laughs> and I was like, you wanted to know what I was thinking. And this is why I have to process it and work through it. Because all these things that I'm thinking are not true. They are not something that I want him to think that I'm thinking about him because I have to work through it and process it because I'm very angry and so I'm feeding these angry thoughts and so I have to work through the anger and those angry thoughts so that I don't tell him things that I actually don't believe and aren't true so it's so important especially for me I have to be calm I have to be able to have a hard conversation maybe Maybe I'm crying, maybe I'm still emotional, but I'm not blaming and telling Justin or the other person that it's all their fault, all their problem, because I'm really good at that. I don't know about you, but I'm really good at that. So the next one, lead with compassion and about like saying, I feel this way rather than attacking and blaming. So saying something like, when this happened, I felt really lonely and like you don't love me anymore rather than it's all your fault and I don't know if we can do this anymore. At the end of a day in a relationship, you both have needs and you are both trying to fill, fulfill those needs through connection. And if you can find that way to connect and see that you both want to connect and have the hard conversations, then you can let go of the blame. You don't have to put blame on other people. That is our first initial reaction. I'm I say are, I'm talking about me the whole time here, you guys. I, that is my first thing. As soon as I have a emotion that I don't like, I want to blame someone else. I want to blame my husband or my kids or my friends, somebody else, not me. <laughs> but if I can know that we're all trying to connect, we're all doing the best we can, we're all, you know, trying to do better, then you can, then I can let go of the blame. Next one, take responsibility for your part in the story. Like I was saying, I am the master blamer. Anytime I get frustrated or have a problem, my mind immediately starts going through whose fault it is and whose problem it is. And usually it's not mine. I, you know, usually I'm like, no, it's not mine. It's somebody else's. This is not something I'm proud of, but it's what I do. And what I, I am proud of is that I don't always just let my mind get away with that anymore. I can more often take responsibility for what is my role in the conversation. 
I can own up to where I could do better and try to do better in the, the relationship or say sorry or apologize. One thing I want to say is there's other types of women too who, who um, take all the responsibility. So they take all the blame for everything that's happened. And that's where you have to figure out for yourself and sort it out for yourself is are you taking responsibility for things that are yours or are you taking responsibility for things that are not yours? And knowing what is yours to take and what is not yours to take, um, that is, I mean, that's a really complicated thing that you have to get so clear with it for yourself. Um, that's where I would say coaching can help you diving into um, like Gravy Mom's Haven, for example, where you can dive into processing your emotions as you start to understand what's going on inside of you. And then having somebody who can really hold a light to like, what is your responsibility to take? And can you let go of that? Because that's not yours. So anyways, I do think a huge part of it is taking responsibility because we always want to blame other people. Um, and say other people are the reason we feel this way. So that's that one. So the next one, seek to connect, understand, and be vulnerable. If you've been struggling in your relationship, being vulnerable isn't always going to come easy. But the only way to go deeper and have hard conversations is to be vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable with somebody or you see someone for who they are, you can't help but connect with them. One of my favorite quotes is that, oh, now I'm forgetting it right now, but something like, if you knew everyone's story, you wouldn't be able to do anything else but love them. I just, I believe that so deeply. When we can know everybody's story, we can only have compassion and connection with them. So leading with that connection and trying to understand where the other person is coming from, knowing that their side of the story could be right too. Like you might feel like you're right and they could also have be right. They could also have a different perspective. So often we say that you're right and you're, you're wrong and I'm right. Or we make one person right and the other wrong. But what if? We both could be a little bit right. And what if we could both be a little bit wrong? What if you could look at the, like from both sides of you, we see things so much in black and white when really there's so often a mix of gray and white and black and red and blue and yellow. And we're human. And so connect first and seek to understand being open and vulnerable and sharing your pain of what's going on with you certainly helps. Okay, here is the last one I have for you. Address the elephant in the room openly and honestly. So Justin and I have some really good friends who we talk a lot about many different topics. We talk with them about these many different topics. And one thing that they've used in the relationship that I love, I love this phrase, it's mature people ask for what they want. How often do we walk around wishing someone else would bring up the subject or the problem or get mad at the other person because they are not acting in a way that we want them to. So taking a moment to, to like you being the one 
Maybe it's up to you. Maybe you get to open up the door to the conversation and create a safe environment to talk. We want our, like so often we want the other person to change. We want the people in our life to help us different. We want our spouse to be different. We want everyone else. But what if you get to be the one to start and to change and to reach for the connection? I don't think anyone wants to have hard conversations because they are so hard. So do the hard thing, open up, be vulnerable, and really, I can't even describe to you what's possible and how much can change for you when you do that. It has been a huge blessing for me in my life when I've opened up and been vulnerable with the people in my life. It has changed my relationships tenfold. So these are the thoughts I had right now. There could definitely be more and definitely other ways to connect and work through hard conversations. And I just want to ask you, do you have any that you would share? Any hard ways that you have been able to work through hard conversations? Do these help you? Um, This is all a practice, learning every single day to connect and how to work through hard conversations. I have had many hard conversations and I can tell you I still don't like them in the moment. I just... I just really don't want to have them, but it is oh so beautiful when you work through them and come to a place of connection and love after those hard conversations. Truly, I just want to encourage you to try begin having them. So make sure you go check out my free workshop, the weekly workshops that I'm having over on meganhillica.com slash workshop. Check out this week's topic, which can include anything from anxiety and grief, how to get through grief, navigating difficult emotions of grief, and so on. I'll see you there. See you next week. If you like this podcast and have found it helpful, I want to invite you to come check out Gravy Moms Haven. This is my monthly community for grieving moms where you can learn positive coping mechanisms, find a safe space with others who understand, and learn lifelong skills that support you as you learn how to carry this weight of grief in your life. There are group coaching calls where we do guided meditations, tapping meditations, breath work, and just talk, knowing that everyone in the group is also walking the path of child loss. You can come check out Grieving Moms Haven at www.grievingmomshaven.com.